We're here, we're queer, get into it. This is Curiosity, presented by LGBT Ireland, and your Saturday afternoon starts right here. I'm James O'Hagan, and coming up in the next hour, our Rainbow Roundup will take us through some of the week's top stories in news and entertainment. We're chatting to Kenyan LGBTQI plus activist and Gala 2023 Person of the Year award winner, Beryl O'Hass, about activism, identity, and how we can empower queer communities of colour to be more visible in Ireland. We're off down to Galway to chat to up-and-coming drag king Victor Complex about drag disability and coming face-to-face with hate after they were harassed and physically assaulted in Cork City Centre in June of this year. And in Reeling in the Queers, we're firing up the time machine and hopping back to the year. Dermot O'Leary had this to say about the scenes of intimacy in Channel 4's brand new groundbreaking series, Queer as Folk. Do you think the viewers might at all be shocked by the intimacies between men? I mean, we've both seen it and we, much as we love it, I, I, a couple of the episodes I watched, I just thought, whoa! Wow. We've also got some great music from CMAT, Troy Savant and my mystery song of the year. But before we get into that, he is the Daphne to my Celeste. Podrick Wilson-McCarty, how are you? I'm always wondering what you're going to say. <laughs> uh, I'm fabulous, babe. Always fabulous. Always T- stunning. You got Tina turned over the weekend. I got <laughs> Tina turned up last weekend. And I couldn't wait to come in and tell everyone how it was. It was amazing. So if you were listening to the show last week, I was... Heading off to London, I was going to see the Tina musical with my mother. Uh, it was James. Have you seen it? I haven't seen it. It's I have not so, seen it. First of all, actually, right, what I should preface this with is I was like wondering, like, you know, was the the actor that played her going to be very good? She's from, do you know the band Stooshy? I, I do. I'm, yeah. a, I'm familiar. I am she's familiar. From her, she's one of the, the singers from that band. Now, she was incredible. Like, it was insane. But like, you see, I'm also a theatre kid, James. Mm-hmm. So like, I would be used to the theatre circuit, I suppose. <laughs> my mother wouldn't be as, um, I suppose, up to date with the theatre etiquette. So I spent most of my time trying to like keep her sitting in her seat because the people behind us and beside us couldn't enjoy the show. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> she's just up and dancing and stuff. So it was mostly anxiety I was experiencing. <laughs> but in hindsight, it was brilliant. I would definitely recommend it. And how was the rest of the London time? The drag shows, all the Fab- rest of us? We didn't quite make the drag show. <laughs> we got as far as one bar and then it just, you know, you know th- things escalated oh, very yeah, quickly. Absolutely. It's yeah. something about that British air and a pint of lager. Mm. But Absolutely. it was it was great crack, great crack all around. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking forward to a nice wholesome weekend now. That's what we all need. Mm. That's what we all need. Yeah. Um, my, I have n- nothing really interesting to to, to report, uh, except I was meant to be going to S Club Seven, but didn't end up making it because I'm old and lazy. Mm. But what I did do was watch this. There's this Spanish movie that's like doing the rounds on Netflix, something called Nowhere, and it's like the whole purpose of it is around this. Uh, essentially, there's this dystopian Spanish future, not like near future, where uh, 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 some sort of like autocrat has taken yeah. over and is like. Really kind of like you know messing with people's lives and there's a, there's a, the story follows a, a person as they try and make their way to safety and I was watching it like the whole thing is set in this like floating container it's, it's very sort of suspenseful definitely Halloween viewing but what shocked me was like where do you think this like Isle of Safety is this this place that like you have to escape to that like where everything's going to be okay Cork well, actually, probably not far <laughs> off. Our own Emerald Isle, though. Very, very questionable kind we're of... We're the safe I, space. We, we are the safe space. Bizarre. We are the safe space. I had not... Was uh, it good? Was the movie good? I, like? I would I would, I would, would recommend it as kind of like a good suspenseful watch. Like okay. it wasn't, you know, it wasn't going to be like changing my... Blowing my mind. It's not going to be getting a nift anytime soon. Yeah, but, but, like, but, you know... And was it filmed here or was it the type no, of No, it's like, a Spanish... No, it's a Spanish movie, so it's but, in Spanish. But like, but like the Irish part, were, did they um, actually go here or was it like green screen? No, well, no, they're... they're the, 
I won't I won't spoiler it okay. for anyone. I'll just yeah. say, look, you know, watch it, get into it. We do get a bit of weirdly spoken like Irish language stuff, which is always good representation for that. But anyway, if you're looking for something to do this weekend, cool. you know, get, get into get into it for your yeah. whole weekend. Yeah. Uh, but I think right now it's time for us to move on to the news. Yeah, rainbow round up, rainbow, rainbow round up. Rain, we're rainbow rounding up, rounding That's, them up with the go. rainbow. Yeah. <laughs> well, first of all, I suppose the first story this week um, is a story that, that I, I suppose devastated our community but also the entire country in, in a way and that was the untimely death of Joe Drennan. Yeah, no, it was, I mean, it was such a tragic, um, it, it really was, I suppose, as regards like our community, it really felt like it was this sort of, someone who had such a promising career ahead yeah. of them and just to be tragically killed in a, in a hit and run accident last weekend mm. after kind of like only recently kind of celebrating with his team at, in GCN at the at the, at the galas. Yes. So it was, you know, it is it is definitely something that I think has, has you know, everyone has taken a moment to kind of step back and even think, because I mean, 21 is so that, young. That's it, like an I didn't know him personally at all, but you know, when something like this happens, you realise how how small the community is. Yeah, absolutely. Because I realise how many mutuals I do have and the outpouring of grief for this young man was like, like it was just, it was, it was, lovely to see but yeah. like in a, in a really really sad way and the tributes for him like were just a testament to the Absolutely. character that he has no completely and I do think it's you know when I was 21 certainly I didn't know which way I was going I didn't know if I was coming or yeah. going and I, I you know I could I could barely kind of you know manage to sort of get myself dressed for college and yeah. here was someone who was like proactively yeah. using their yeah. voice to speak out on behalf yeah. of their community building a sort of a, a legacy for themselves and who should have gone on to have a, a, a long and fruitful career mm. within, within Irish media so it's very very sad and no, I just think totally. it's just so tragic for for his for his parents and for everyone yeah. who knew him yeah and and like that like I'm the same like when I was 21 I was only beginning my journey of coming out so to see what this young man had achieved in his short short life was incredible you know what no, I mean and, it and really it, was you know, it he really, will, really I know was. he'd be missed by his colleagues his friends and his family absolutely but moving on um, we are taking it over to India and unfortunately it's also not great news over there, James. Uh, the Indian Supreme Court issued a two to three decision refusing to recognise same-sex marriage, arguing that the matter lies with lawmakers and now it's a parliament decision, which essentially means now that a panel is going to be set up to consider whether they're going to grant more legal rights to uh, and benefits to same-sex couples. And I think that it's fair to say that you, you wouldn't imagine that that is going to end positively because I suppose the hopes had been that sort of within a legal context you would find a way where sort of Indian government would be held, have its feet held over the fire yeah. and would be forced to do this. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, there is quite a, quite a, quite a um, I, I suppose, conservative majority there within the, within the government and you find that they aren't really kind of as open to, to totally. kind of like protecting the rights or the needs of their their LGBTQI plus citizens, and, and there has been a huge outcry around the world about mm-hmm. this because we're so. And I think it's important as well for us to reflect on the fact that you know it's we've become so used to celebrating these milestones and seeing mm. such and such a place as a legalized gay marriage, such and such a place has made it easier for queer people to adopt children, but actually when it comes down to it there's still so many places where it's you know where where the progress is not moving or where it's moving in the wrong direction. This is it, and like look. 
the government and religious leaders had strongly opposed this already. The government insisted that only Parliament could discuss the legal issue of marriage and argued that allowing same-sex marriage would lead to chaos in society. And I mean, like that's just a really silly excuse because they've seen it being legalised in so many other countries and n- chaos has never ensued. You know, yeah. so it's just disappointing. And I think what um, the lawyers and the activists are worried about is that it's going to just. Um, it's going to be. It's going to take way longer now, and that was the issue because it's a massive step back, and they don't think that it's 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 going to be. It's something that they can achieve yeah, anytime it's, soon. It, it it draws a line in the sand. Sadly, that's it. Like, that's it. I have a clip here from Mira Kaur Patel. She's one of the lawyers that was, you know, um, advocating for this, and this is what she has has to say. Parliament always lacked the will to legislate on this aspect, so leaving it to to the Parliament, uh, you know, it it'll be a long wait. Yeah, so like basically they're just saying like, you know, all of their efforts are kind of like yeah. null and void now, no, which is absolutely. an awful shame. But from there, we're going to Poland now, okay, and slightly more optimistic news in Poland. The queer community are celebrating because the Law and Justice Party, which is their go- the government, essentially the government party, have lost their majority and now the three opposition parties are expected to form a coalition. Now... What does that mean? The Law and Justice Party were known for basically their intimidation of queer people and they were, I suppose, infamously um, introduced LGBT-free zones in Poland. Mm-hmm. So basically areas where, you know, LGBT people weren't, weren't accepted or weren't um, welcomed. So more positive there. Yeah, Huge absolutely. turnout for the vote. No, enormous. And I do think that this is sort of, you know, it, it's positive to see this because, you know, we have to an extent seen this in in, in, in America, mm-hmm. you know, and other places around the world where kind of, you know, these sort of regressive um, policies have, have been countered by enormous turnouts of people who want to live in a world where people are accepted. It also, I think, on a more European level has like, you know, a, a, a very positive kind of repercussion in that sort of for the last while you would have seen um, and a, a colleague of mine was sort of explaining this to me uh, the other day but you would have seen that sort of Poland and Hungary had worked together very closely uh, sort of you know to sort of you know kind of progress or prevent uh, any progress around kind of these kind of cultural issues and now if Poland I suppose you know has a more you know a a less aggressive stance on these issues uh, Hungary ends up being a little more yeah. isolated on them and hopefully it means that you start yeah. seeing things to move on and progress totally. because you know we are um, I suppose we, we we live in the European Union where we expect this sort of inclusion so it's great to kind of see that totally. things are rolling back totally. and look it's going in the right direction granted it's baby steps but it, you know what I mean it's all going towards the, the greater cause at the end of the day right yeah absolutely Finally. Laughed up. Oh my God. Oh my God. Madonna's back, baby. (laughs) And it's about time, isn't it? Uh, Madonna finally kicked off her celebration tour, James, after it was postponed because of her health issues last July. She kicked it off last weekend to high praise indeed, actually. I don't know. Have you seen any clips? I've seen so many clips. I've mostly seen clips of like Bob the Drag Queen doing the intro. I've seen the gorgeous AIDS uh, tribute that she does during it. I saw, I think that she did a tribute to Sinead O'Connor at one of the, the earlier ones. So like it just, like it is, it is it is it is eye candy ear candy all candy for someone who we were concerned about just a couple of weeks or a couple of months ago that you know she was gravely ill she's looking great she's sounding really good um, she wears the uh 
progressive flag at one point mm-hmm. in the show basically just tr- showing her true allyship uh, and I'm jealous that I'm not going now no me too but this has been a big year for these like you know Uber tours like I'm, I've missed Beyonce I'm going to miss Taylor Swift and I'm going to miss Madonna like it is what, what's happening here this is unacceptable I know I know I thought you'd be all over a Madonna tour now <laughs> I to be fair I wish I, I remember when people were buying tickets and I was like oh, I don't know if I can be bothered and like you know I, I, now I'm regretting it now that I'm seeing this I'm like you know what I definitely regret this so Madonna if you're listening yeah. <laughs> anyway that's all from our Rainbow Roundup this week stay with us though because we're chatting to Drag King Victor Complex and as James said we've also got an interview with Beryl Ohis who was the winner of Person of the Year at the Galas but first it's CMAT with Stay for Something and Curiosity That was CMAT and stay for something on Curiosity. Now, we are delighted to be joined in studio by Beryl. Beryl won Person of the Year at the Gal Awards just a few weeks ago for her work within the LGBTQ community. Beryl, you're very welcome. Before we even get into the galas, Mm -hmm. for people who might not be familiar with your story, uh, you were born in Kenya. Yeah. Okay, and and you moved to Ireland a couple of years ago. Do you want to tell us just a little bit about your experience of like growing up in Kenya as a queer person? Growing up as a queer person was lonely okay. uh, given that I grew up uh, in the countryside I barely saw a lot of queer people even if there were then clearly they were pretty much into hiding mm-hmm. Kenya still criminalizes same-sex relationship for up to 14 years imprisonment so you can just imagine how that is yeah you're it, it, it's such a culture shock that i suppose maybe to come to a place where you can be properly yourself mm-hmm. what did that feel like did it take you a long time to kind of feel accustomed to being able to just be yourself i mean i left there in my 20s mm-hmm. so i can't just come here and start being like oh yolo you know <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there's still some stuff like pda you know i when I hold my partner's hand in public, I still feel like ick, mm. you know, yeah, like, yeah. okay. I think that's something that a lot of us feel, isn't it, really? Like, that there's a, there is a fear around, around, like, still, you know, even holding someone's hand mm-hmm. in public. Yeah. Because yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Basically, you always get the looks, not, yeah. not the good kind of, more like you are on fire kind of, you know, yeah. you might, your clothes might be on yeah. fire. Yeah, of, of course. <laughs> I know, I know exactly. Since, you, since you've been here, and, and I suppose over the course, that's why you've become more involved in, in LGBTQ advocacy and Kenya's No Haze campaign. Can you tell us a bit about that campaign and sort of like how dangerous did it feel for you to be kind of advocating for that? It's weird when I tell people that I like adrenaline. things. (laughs) (laughs) So for me, I knew the dangers, but Mm -hmm. I I, I, I was like, I'm still doing it anyway. Kenya is a society that still, it's not as progressed as, let's say, South Africa or Nigeria. Mm -hmm. We are still rooted, rooted in our traditions coming out publicly and you know sharing uh, this event with so many people and you know inviting even the straight people obviously mm. that they're the ones who offer more sponsorships yeah. <laughs> so you know it was scary but yeah. we had to do it it had to be done what was the the turning point that made you decide that you wanted to kind of leave it all behind and and move to Ireland and, and also was it kind of just like dart at the map I'm going to go anywhere or was like Ireland a specific choice so there's always this Irish cafe in, yeah. in, in Nairobi and it's like you're likely to meet a lot of Irish people there. <laughs> and they go and, crack. You know, 
<laughs> they like to share you know you share we, we we share more about the country where to get good people bad people where not to where to go where not to go you know we also get interested in you know knowing where you came from yeah. how you are the vibes and everything given that i had a lot of irish friends and at the time i was like open and out and yeah. very bold about it mm. and since um my family members were most of them are pretty much into politics and they mm. can my sexuality was always the problem in terms of you know them winning the vote <laughs> i found myself in an arranged marriage so um the guy was pretty much living here it go back home take care of his businesses and all so he was like you know what i get you how brave you are how you use your social media platforms and look what do you think about ireland you've heard about it you've done your research as yeah. a curious journalist i always do my research <laughs> and i was like okay you know i won't be learning new language it's english so i'm already used to english so yeah, yeah it's 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 a good option it's my first option what was your own experience of the asylum process here and i suppose like reflecting on it kind of how could it be better for people who who are going through what is already going to be a very stressful period of time for themselves. So in 2021 I I lodged officially uh, my application mm-hmm. asylum application. So I was given a uh, temporary accommodation in Santry Crown Plaza hotel. While a lot of people think it's sugar and spice, it's not really because first of all you don't have your privacy. Mm-hmm. The cleaning staff always come anytime and you have to get out. and you're not allowed to sit anywhere near the hotel at that time you have to go out outside just chill there until they <laughs> they're done and also you you're put in the same place as everybody else from different countries and even straight people and some of them come from countries that still have that homophobic kind of beliefs so sometimes you're likely to be paired with somebody who's maybe very homophobic mm-hmm. lots of times you find them mistreating a lot of lgbt mm-hmm. queer folks like it's not even funny that is one of the things this was from being aware of the work that lgbt ireland is doing with regards to kind of asylum seekers and people seeking international protection here that is the mind boggling thing for me like how can you think it is appropriate to place people seeking asylum here because of homophobic or transphobic beliefs in the country they're coming from with those same people it should be a default understanding that that marginalized communities need those safer spaces and it just it baff- it boggles my mind Yeah because it's it's more like one trauma to the next. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, literally out of the fire pan into the fire kind Definitely. of. Definitely. <laughs> it's it's so interesting that you say that because you know anyone that's you know forced to seek refuge or asylum somewhere else they're doing it because they feel like they need the protection or mm-hmm. the safety and then yeah. they're 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 coming over here and with the hope that that's going to change. You know what? There's no other choice for you. Yeah. You're stuck with if you're gay man, you're yeah. stuck with other yeah. heterosexual homophobic guys who make your life a living hell. How how was that experience for you? Was it really uncomfortable? Thankfully for me, I requested to have my partner be with me. Good. So we were only two of us. So I was safe enough okay. to have somebody that I can actually confide in. Yeah. But we had a lot of um, LGBT folks a lot that I I engaged with uh, from Afghanistan, from Georgia, from South Africa their experiences in their rooms and how they were being discriminated it was just horrible 
And sometimes also the staff that are working within those premises, the, the, the ones that would serve food or whatever, yeah. they'd, sometimes they'd see like oh, an overly like, you know, bottom and you'll get yeah. like two mm. pieces of meat instead of the usual, yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah. So what I can suggest is like the IPO do have like everybody, like if you make an application, if it's based on you being an LGBTIQ person, I think the best thing is to pair them with another LGBTIQ yeah. person. And also maybe offer training on the staff before they yeah. have our people. Well, that That's one of the, the recommendations that it is that, that, that staff need to have that training so that they can be understanding of those needs. And obviously there are supports available, but the, a lot of people probably arriving into to, to that asylum process wouldn't understand or know that, you know, LGBT Ireland is available. Because mm-hmm. some people do not speak English. Yeah. And not not like there's no translation for all languages. So they'll just be like sitting there. They don't know where to find help or any yeah. organization or anybody to reach out for. Yeah. So they just stuck like. And I, I suppose like like as someone who's lived the experience, you know, like it is important to say that there is there is things there that, that can be done, I guess. What would you say to anyone who finds themselves in a similar position now? There's always NGOs. So in case you have any person working, any NGO working within the premises, then it's better to just ask where where, where you can find LGBT organizations mm-hmm. or group or people so that you can get more information, yeah. you know. I think we should should we move on to a more positive Absolutely. subject? Should we, <laughs> should we get out of this onto onto yeah. like onto the joy? Yeah. The joy. <laughs> Dublin, Dublin in the mansion house two weeks yeah, ago, was yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. So you won person of the year at the galas. How was that? Did you expect it first of all? Did you have any clue i did not expect it you know i was just like you know i'm happy enough to be nominated for this it it shows that there are people who are recognizing my work and honestly i do so that in my line of work i don't expect any sort of gifts or awards in return because it's just if you've gone through something you definitely wouldn't want another person to go through mm-hmm. it. So I'm just doing it for the goodness of my heart. But if that goodness of my heart is being seen and they feel like I should take an award, then also <laughs> I am yeah. <laughs> humble, I guess. <laughs> Look, if they're giving you an award, you better take it and run. You're also included in the Black and Irish book. Yeah. Yeah, which is out now as well. Yeah. Uh, do you want to tell us a little bit about what, what that book's about? So this book entails, you know, trailblazers, everyday heroes, actors that are you know doing something in the within the Irish community you know and just inspiring mm. young people that you know there's somebody like you out there who is part of this is doing this and you can be also be motivated to follow their footsteps so I think yeah. that's a pretty much good um yeah, thing. it's representation, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's good. It's good for little for little people, especially. I think you know, as someone who works yeah. in education myself, that there is people. You know, they they can look look at a book, even if it, if it's just a picture, and just see, look, this person is like me, and mm-hmm. you know, I can be just like them. Definitely. I, I, I think one thing I wanted to ask you about, and this is, you know, um, it's been fantastic over the last couple of years to see sort of the Irish queer communities of color becoming more visible and more vibrant. We have like the the, the queer Asian Pride Ireland that mm-hmm. are doing. Their film fest later in the year there's been that house of skipperelli uh amazing yeah. looking ball that happened yeah a it years looks ago. so cool and it's it's fantastic to see that sort of visibility coming to this part of our community how can we be better allies to, to queer communities of color within our own spaces right? it is very difficult because a lot of people do ask me like how do we get the um the you know black 
uh, uh, LGBT people to, uh, you know, diverse. Yeah. Into and the, how do we? Be, and I usually, suppose integrate, right? Really, isn't it? In a mm-hmm. way, like you know, and and I do, I do know it's a cultural thing as well. And I, I know that some people are afraid that you know they might they might overstep a mark or they they might you know be. Um, Let me tell you a secret, right? Go. A lot of people are afraid that they'll be turned to white. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. And nobody needs yeah. that. You've got to know. Then uh, you might be, you know, yeah. chilling with your, your your family or whatever, and you're like, ums, 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 like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's really, I guess, dropping our fears and just letting it go. Because, mm-hmm. let's say, for example, how I experience it. Right. I have white friends, Asian friends, and black friends, of course. And the fu- the first ever friends I made when I got here was the black people because I was like okay if they look like me probably I I don't have to do much mm. so when I was expanding my circle at first the first ever um gathering I was invited to it was in the living room and I was like do I really need to be sober because <laughs> 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 courage because <laughs> in my head I'm like okay first I have to sort of work on my dialect yeah because I don't want somebody to ask me, what did you say? So that's one fear. Two, you're like, what kind of jokes? What's the icebreaker? So like you have a lot of things that might be different. Because culturally, there are some things that are, we do different, right? Mm-hmm. If I'm to meet a black person, like, hey, oh, bro, what's up? You know, or just talk about some stupid stuff like sewage, mm-hmm. yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If I'm going to the white side, I, I, I overthink a lot. I have to write my lines, you know? Yeah. Once I got there and I just took my 30 minutes just looking at the, you know, the surrounding and everybody was like, oh my God, how are you? You know? And I was yeah. like, oh, they can actually be nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're not the worst. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and do you find it something that you're getting more used to? I'm getting more yeah. used to I, I have more white friends now than actually black friends that so I'm considered a sellout again Beryl it's, it's been a pleasure hasn't it James? yeah no it really has it was fantastic to meet you and, and to, to I think I've, I've been aware of you for, for a really long time and it's amazing to, 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 to meet you and just you're going from strength to strength so I look forward to, to you coming back in a year's time telling us about how you're now like the Irelander of the year or whatever the whatever the <laughs> no upgrade, Nobel whatever the upgrade to the gala is. Yeah. And the, the accent will be completely different. <laughs> That's it, yeah. <laughs> Don't lose the accent whatever you do. <laughs> Thanks so much, Beryl. In just a couple of minutes, we are going to be chatting to Drag King Victor Complex and we will be reeling in the queers back to the iconic year that Whitney Houston had this to say about meeting Miss Britney Spears and Miss Christina Aguilera right here in Dublin for the very first time. So Christine, she came to my room and um, Britney Spears came over to my room and they both um, said hello and how much they admired me and how much they listened to me as they were growing up. Kind of made me feel kind of old, but you know. (laughs) Uh, But before we get to that, let's have a listen to Troy Sivan Got Me Started. That was got me started by Twink Paradise, Troy Savan. I don't know how to describe him. Skinny Twink, Troy Savan. And we are joined now by Galway-based drag king, Victor Complex, to have a bit of a chat about, I mean, what the life of a drag king is, how a drag king does what a drag king does and all the rest of us. It's so interesting, actually, because I'm always talking to drag queens and it's great to be able to talk to a drag king. Victor, welcome 
to Curiosity. Hi there. Do you oh, want to, thank you so much for having me. You're very welcome. Do you want to tell us a bit about how you became a drag king? Uh, yeah, so I am one of the... Uh, I'm a pandemic baby. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Some of us where we were we were locked away a little bit too much uh, during the pandemic and desperately needed a new hobby to make going out into the world a little bit easier mm-hmm. again. Yeah. And there is a lovely group down here, Galway Against Homophobia, and they organised drag balls. Um, they were looking for new people to debut. And I was like, you know what? I think we're going to sign up for that. <laughs> so at least something um, good came out of the pandemic, right? Well, look. <laughs> yeah, so it was it was during, it was May 2022, but actually I had to drop out last minute because I got COVID. Oh, no oh. Well, look, that's way. a, cla- that was a classic. I ended up debuting then during the summer. Um, so it was all good. I didn't let a little viral infection stop me. <laughs> no, of course. So was, was Victor born in your bedroom then, I guess? Yeah, no, very much like born through just trying to like build this kind of persona at, from the bedroom then to the wonderful stages across Ireland. I love it. And I, I suppose the obviously Drag Race has brought sort of very femme-focused drag queen style uh, kind of, you know, gender discombobulation to, mm. to the mainstream. And, you know, other than like one or two queens on say like Dragula, the drag king as a performance art has not necessarily kind of seen that same sort of appreciation. So what was it that drew you towards it rather than say being like, I'm going to go and be a, you know, I'm going to go down maybe the road that's more the more expected road uh, in some ways. Honestly, like I think, um, like a lot of the music and kind of areas I draw inspiration from would be a lot of kind of seventies and eighties kind of rock stars, like you know your David Bowie, uh, as well as our two thousands kind of emo king. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I don't know, like I think initially, like it crossed my mind about maybe doing a more feminine persona but there was just such a confidence that kind of came from within when I was kind of building the masculine persona of Victor and it just I don't know it just felt like such um such a great way to kind of get out into the world and you know get over those nerves of not talking to people for two years (laughs) um and going okay I have to go outside now crap (laughs) how do I do that um, and so you, you, you yourself are, and have talked about like the fact that you're you're living with a disability, and it is, I suppose we we don't necessarily see that sort of kind of like joyous, vibrant, dynamic kind of representation of people with disabilities in mainstream media. It tends to go down the very stereotypical kind of sad, tragic thing. So why is it, or why do you believe? Do you believe it's important that we see more and more just around kind of like that sort of joy of enjoying life, and and just sort of not maybe going down that you know, the, 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 the trauma route that often gets presented within within mainstream media. I think you, you touched on a great way there because um, drag is surprisingly a, quite an accessible art form because there's so much kind of preparation you do behind the scenes, whether it's your costume, your persona, learning your lip syncs, or if you're performing live, whatever way you would perform. Like, there's a lot of preparation you can do at your own mm-hmm. pace to then go on stage for five minutes. Yes. And once you're off the stage again, it's like, okay, I'm going to go take a nap now backstage. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, like, I think as well, like, during the pandemic is when I first started getting sick and started dealing with chronic pain on the daily. So I did have, I was kind of lucky in some ways because we had a lot of time to self-reflect, 
during periods of isolation. So it let me kind of get accustomed to adapting to this new way of life. I think a little bit quicker than I would have been if I suddenly had to change, like, you know, what I was doing, like, in my everyday, like, pre-2020. So in some ways, I'm almost grateful that if it was to happen at any point in my life, at least it was a time where I actually had a lot of time to kind of get used to it. And, like, one of the ways as well is I love... um, like I will use like canes or my crutch um, during my act, but I love being able to customize them and personalize them and just kind of treat it as like, it's still an extension of me. It's still part of my persona and it's also helping me stay on my feet a little bit more. Uh, I'm still like, I'm I'm still no stranger to taking the odd tumble here or there. (laughs) Uh, But I always, like, if I get knocked down, I always get back up again. So it's all good. On on the subject, because we have about about two minutes left, and I wanted to touch on this, I wanted to get to it, because obviously, you know, on the subject of getting knocked down and getting back up, you sadly came face to face with sort of the the face of the new wave of, of homophobia and transphobia that we're experiencing in our community over the, or against our community over the summer. And you really succinctly were able to, on your social media on your Instagram just kind of call it out for what it was and I suppose Garner kind of a very positive response from people who said like that you know that's the way this needs to be dealt with you have to call it out like how was that experience for you and has it sort of resulted in you feeling any less safe as you were kind of going about your your daily life um I suppose it there's definitely a little bit more of a second guess of making sure I always have a plan of how am I safely getting home after a show especially if it's a show that I'm not doing in Galway City because mm. a lot like I'm very lucky where I'm based in Galway right now the two venues I predominantly perform in are two minutes from my house mm. yeah. uh, I am moving next month so I will have to now start <laughs> factoring that in but um, yeah like I the support that I got from the community when I did speak out um, was like it was very positive but I think it was very enlightening for, like, unfortunately, there was a lot of straight people that didn't realize stuff like this happened Mm. until a friend shared what happened to me or I was interviewed by a couple of the Cork radio stations. um, And the fact that, like, I was just, you know, minding my business, waiting for a taxi home, just like the same as anyone on a Saturday night, um, like coming from my job, no less, um, but like I've definitely adjusted some of my plans um, on kind of how always making sure I have like if I'm having to wait around for a little while after a gig, having kind of yeah, different you have that kind of, in mind. You have that kind so of is, additional stuff that has, you're thinking about. Yes, and it's yeah. kind of it's adjusted my perspective in that sense. But I haven't let it stop me yeah. continuing to do drag or taking evening gigs. Yeah, like well, that's, it's, that's, it's that's not going to stop me performing. Yeah. No, that's won. that's absolutely fantastic. And I think that like we are seeing sadly more and more people facing that. And I think standing up to it, not letting it like obviously making sure that you're safe, but standing up to it is such an important thing to do. Uh, lastly, before we go very quickly, where can people find you to see more of your your um, kind of emo drag king persona that, yeah. that I've been I've been adoring? Uh, the, 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 this is my point of reference as Billy Joe from the um, f- from from Green Day, whereas I know that it's my oh, chemical yeah. romance you're doing. But anyway, where can people find you? <laughs> 
Yeah, so I am on Instagram, so you know, Victor underscore complex, Victor with a K, because I have to be unique. <laughs> K for King. Uh, I, I am, yeah, K for King, exactly. Uh, I'm going to be performing at the Bowie Against Homophobia Ball, Brilliant. the 23rd of October, and I'm going to be down in Cork again at the 10th of November, and I'm going to be at Hartland's Pride then on the 11th of November. Fantastic. Coming up. Loads coming Brilliant. Up. Thank you so much, Victor, for chatting to us. No, uh, and it, we can't me. wait to see uh, how, how well you do in the next one. Thanks very much. Okay. Bye bye. We're here. We're, 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 we're here, we're queer. We've made it to the end of... How did they let us back in the studio I after don't. last week? The hate is at the door, I swear I to God. Protests against us. <laughs> <laughs> I love it though. That, I can tell you, when that song comes on there, oh, that intro, here, I, love I get it. so giddy. Ab- yeah, me too, absolutely. So we, I've dropped a couple of hints, you know, kind of we had, you know, yeah. Brittany, Whitney, Christina here in uh, in Dublin. We had the launch of of, of queer uh, queer folk. Have you any notion of where we're going? It was it was the is the Whitney and because you said it was here, it must have been was the EMAs. It was the, it was EMAs. the EMAs, which was in Dublin in I think nineteen ninety. Nine. Yes, you yeah, are absolutely it? right. Yeah. Absolutely, and the only reason is because I saw a clip recently. <laughs> and that's the only was reason. It, was, I it Ro- was it because, a Ronan? Uh, because it wouldn't be really. Um, I would have been very young at the time, James. I, so well, look, I don't know if I recall it too well, but I've seen <laughs> clips. But I'm sure you'll tell me all about it. Absolutely. I actually now I I came out in 1999. Oh no um, way! Yeah, I did. Is that why you picked that year? Well, it was one of the reasons I picked it, but also just because it, it was it for it was for representation. It was a big year. I think there was a lot going on. I think probably when I think back of it now, kind of as I look back over my shoulder, I realize that probably a lot of the representation that we had this year was one of the reasons why I sort of felt like, oh, I'm gonna come out. But also, I picked it because of the EMAs, and I remember feeling yeah. like we were the classiest country in the entire world. Yeah, because it was mad, wasn't it? It, it was, was a mad time. And it was wasn't Britney in her heyday then at that time? Like she, she was. No, she had just she had just launched. Okay, she was she was right. ba- she was she was hit me baby one more time. Kind of breakthrough yeah. artist of the year herself and Christina were getting into it a little bit. But no, so the big queer story of the year would have been, in my view, there was two of them, and they were around representation. The first is that Channel Four aired Queer as Folk, starring Aiden Gill. And Charlie Hunnam and Craig Kelly and it was the first kind of major piece of television mm. on a mainstream broadcaster where the lives of queer people were I suppose explored in a way where they went to the sideshow they went to secondary yeah. character they were the main feature and it did not shy away from giving us kind of scenes of intimacy yeah. to, 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 it, it to say it's drama it. didn't it really it served, it served drama it served all sorts did you ever watch it I've seen bits and pieces of it I've never actually sat down and watched it I've, it's been recommended to me loads of times Channel 4 were really good at that kind of thing weren't they they were and I guess because they were just they were trying not to be the BBC I suppose uh, absolutely this is back before they bought Bake Off like they were yeah. they were trying to be <laughs> controversial <laughs> yeah yeah but yeah so in addition to that though that year June of 1999 Stephen Gately for of boys own fame uh, chose to come out to uh, he said that he had chosen the son to make his courageous admission about being gay but in fact the son had yeah. given him no choice so they yeah. had a someone was willing to sell a story about him and they gave him the option that he had no choice but to come out now that sort of I suppose it went on to probably be quite a positive thing yeah. for Stephen Gately because his I, I suppose you know he, his fans and the, the fans of boys own really reacted rallied, positively rallied to us and, and, and mad props to the lads as well absolutely for that the time, they were like, so but 
and I yeah. think that's because his his identity as a, as a gay man was well known within media circles. So this was just yeah. literally kind of you know we're going to capitalize. And on also this. they wouldn't have been great without him. No, they wouldn't have been. You know we needed him. You needed him. Little cutie in the corner. We needed him. I know. Thank God for him. But then, so in the big Irish news, I suppose, like in terms of like inclusion news, the big news was that the Employment Equality Act went to a, into effect in October 1999, which meant that gay and lesbian people could no longer be discriminated against in employment, and it introduced protections for other for, for other marginalized communities, including travellers and, and and racial minorities. And that. we formally signed up to join the euro. Exciting! 1999 is where it all God. began. Stop it! I know. And then we got those city calendar or calculators, calculators in the door. Oh, I loved them. Oh, oh my, my God! God. <laughs> I got multiplied one. I, I will forever know that one euro equals one pound and seventy three yeah. cent. Is yeah, that right? Yeah. Or, 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 well, I'll tell you now. Right, I made my communion the first year of the euro. And I was still getting, I was still getting the punch. Oh, like, well, look, we were able to bring them I mean? into the bank for a long time. Was, it was yeah. only like a year or two ago yeah, that they yeah. finally said, "Listen, yeah, clear out the back of those couches." <laughs> I know people are wearing them around their neck. Oh it's my iconic. god! Uh, so I suppose moving on to a bit more of uh, kind of you know music news, EMAs, obviously. Go on. Now, who? So, so Britney Spears won Best Breakthrough Artist and Best uh, Best uh, Song for Baby One More Time. But can, any guesses as to who would have been among the other winners that year? Nineteen ninety nine. So Christina. Christina was there, but she wasn't a winner. Uh, so, Missy Elliott. Uh, no, no. <laughs> this is this, we're going to get to the point where you yeah. have to guess my song in a while. And honestly, I'm I'm yeah, I, worried yeah, for you. Yeah, you said this already, and I didn't realize you were playing dirty. I know. I, I just, went easy on you last. This week. is iconic. I swear to God, this song is iconic. It, but like, but like uh, to yeah. like five people. Okay, <laughs> great. Cool. Uh, but no, so winners on the night included uh, Best R&B, Whitney Houston Best Dance, Fatboy Slim Best Rock, The Offspring Best Hip Hop, Eminem But it wasn't the only oh. award show in town Do you know what else for the happened for the first time in 1999? Go on, you're going to tell me anyway <laughs> Well, I absolutely am It's here on the newspaper <laughs> It's what we're here to do <laughs> The inaugural Irish Film and Television Awards. Oh wow! The first ever IFTAs in the same year. In the same year. In the what same a year. In the, in the same year as 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 Mariah Carey performed. So did Breed Brennan beat Meryl Streep for the Best Actress at the at the IFTAs. Yeah. Come through, Breed Brennan. You better come work, Breed. Breed. <laughs> you better work. But I couldn't be Meryl found rotting. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And her so, career has suffered ever since. <laughs> never recovered. Yeah. A couple of other quick kind of bits and pieces uh, before we get into guessing our songs. Uh, Bad Girls. Uh, um, the the sort of iconic prison based uh, television program uh, launched in 1999 Brilliant. with loads of of queer women storylines. Doug Ross bid a bitter farewell to Chicago's General Memorial Hospital in Eeyore as uh, as as George Clooney moved on to bigger mm-hmm. and better things. Uh, Haley and Roy Cropper had a blessing ceremony for uh, for their relationship in Carnation Street. Oh my god, which was, was that that long ago? I know, which is insane. And this was the thing that like, gagged me the most: the first episode of Square. Spongebob Squarepants aired. In 1999? In 1999. But as usual, we don't get everything for about another five years well, after this, it, this don't is, we? This is it. And also, the... Who is gay, by the way? I Nick, know, Did Nick Lodeon come out and say, or like, in your or face? Like, or, he was gay, by yeah. the way. Uh, also, the six billionth human being was born. That's insane. And not one of them you could find to go no. out with you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, James has a boyfriend. <laughs> but if anyone's listening... <laughs> But okay, we we are going to say our goodbyes. Then we're going to get into our guessing game, and then we're going to be hanging up our coats for another week. Um, I've been James O'Hagan. I've been Paul Wilson McCarthy, and you've been listening to 
Curiosity. Curiosity. Oh my god, I swear we didn't even practice that. No, we didn't. Oh, we we're didn't. so in sync, babe. We are, we are absolutely. This is it. <laughs> Simpatico. Uh, if you want to get in touch with the show, feel free to do so. Curiosity at DublinCityFM.ie. Or you can come over and bother me on social media at James O underscore Hagen on, on Instagram. And if James ignores you, you can come over and bother me. My Instagram <laughs> handle is Podrick underscore WMC. And James, we have to say thank you so much for all like the, the support so far. Oh my god, it was brilliant! You know, and all the lovely messages after our first show last week. Keep them coming and get involved. Like, yeah, we'd be to hear from people. No, absolutely. We would. We would be more than delighted to hear from people. We want to make sure that this is as much of a conversation as it possibly can be. And of course, Curiosity is proudly presented by LGBT Ireland, the national LGBT support service. So remember that if you or anyone you know needs help or support, you can always reach out on one eight hundred nine two nine five three nine. Now let's get this guessing game started. I'm nervous. Megan, how are we doing for time? We're doing okay? Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Pressure's we've, on. We've, the pressure's on, the pressure's on. Okay, clue one. Okay. <clears throat> this song could very much be described as a one-hit wonder. Oh, it, great. It's it, it, the debut single of an English singer and actor which peaked at number five in the UK charts and number 16 here in Ireland. The song is a certified banger but is likely best remembered for the risque music video released alongside it. Oh my God, you're going to guess it on the first one, aren't you? Is it Billy Piper? No, it is oh, not. Oh, damn. Okay, oh, keep going. Is okay. there another clue? Yeah, there is. I've got, I've got four of them here. <clears throat> okay. While this song is certainly gay iconic, the performer is very much not a gay icon. Oh. As part of his acting career, this heterosexual performer was involved in a series first problematic gay kiss and he went on to have a short-lived and unsuccessful political career with the British Conservative Party, including hosting a gay conservatives night during their 2010 conference in Birmingham. Oh my god, I haven't a clue. Okay, Sh- I should know. Do I know this person? You should. If you will, no. Maybe you will. Maybe you won't. Now, this is me worrying. I, I was like, if we'll we'll see. Okay, yeah, we'll get on. a clue to him. Okay, in 1997, this actor took on an iconic role on an iconic TV show. He was the second of three actors who would play this character and was described in the Guardian at the time as a floppy-haired heartbreaker. He left this role in 1999 to pursue a career in pop music, which, other than this one hit. Fell flat. What was the show Doctor Who? The show was not Doctor <laughs> I Who. Haven't a clue. Does anyone know? <laughs> I, I feel like as if uh, well, Megan knows, but Do you like know? <laughs> well, you, that's because Megan got the know. I so I didn't never get in, say <laughs> Megan. Okay, uh, we have to get in cahoots, babe. From now on, I want to have a meeting with you beforehand. Okay, so I'm last on clue. Team James. <laughs> <laughs> last clue. Though he was a solo music performer in the mid 2010s, he found renewed success as part of an English supergroup consisting of 1990s and early 2000s pop stars as part of an ITV reality TV show. And I know this band. I actually do. I I know it, but I can't think of who it is. So it's if it, if it, I, I'm like so if I told you that the show is Coronation Street, would that help? It should do. Wait now a second. No, it's gone from me. Is he? Is it? No, it's not. Is it Keith Duffy? No, he was in Coronation Street. Wasn't he, he was in Coronation Street. No, but he was never ran for the Conservative Party. You need to remember. Oh no, my the... God! Yeah, <laughs> see, this is the problem. I only live in the moment. No, you've lost me again. Go on, hit me up. I that, no, this is so unfair because I gave you Lady Gaga. I know that. I, I'm like, I'm, I'm shocked because I was going to do Venga Boys, boom, 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 boom. And I would have got it in and one. And you would have got it in one, absolutely. And that's why I didn't because I was like, look, yeah, I need to make babe, a challenge. Getting, and then I was you, like, I'm going to get you back next I was, week. I was worried because I was thinking, Jesus, now, you know, I suppose you were, you were, you, you were only six years old when this came <laughs> exactly. out. But I wasn't for, for those of you who are of a certain vintage alongside me, of course, I am talking about the certified banger 
I Breathe Again by Adam Rickett. I should have known. I should have known. <laughs> I know I Breathe Again. I never would have got Adam Rickett. Adam Rickett? Nah. Adam Cricket. No. For anyone under 30, I'll do another Lady Gaga bop next week. <laughs> Go on, let's dance it though. Yeah. <laughs>